Well, guess what day it is. Anyone know the date? The 20th, that means how many days till Christmas? Five days till Christmas. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, Jesse Mendoza, and God bless Jesse Mendoza. He is preaching right now at One Hope. Praise the Lord for Jesse and Debbie Mendoza. But two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, he said that as a kid, I don't know if you remember this, he said as a kid it took forever for Christmas to come, right? But the older that you get, the faster the days go. And in many ways, I cannot, I don't know if you're here with me, but I cannot believe it's almost here. Like, what? Five days till Christmas? And in many ways, it's been a Christmas like none other, right? Can, can we even compare this to any other Christmas? I don't even have to tell you that. But if you really know me, if you, if you know how I'm wired, if you've hung out with me, you know I'm not one to be sitting around and staying at home. I, I'm not that guy. I mean, I will read a good book. I, I will actually sit for hours reading a book. But beyond that, I don't like watching a lot of TV. I, I just don't like staying at home. I'm a go kind of guy, right? And the holidays were created for people like who? Like me, for people that go. All that holiday stuff, all that stuff going on created for people like me. I mean, just a couple, and we could go on and on with the list, but just a couple of things. The old cannery tree lighting. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You go, uh, you haven't been to this one, but Trevor and I did the three Irish tenors Christmas concert at Benaroya Hall. That's right. We were, we were there. The, the city of Milton tree lighting. Don't you miss the city of Milton tree lighting? We always helped out with those craft tables and I got to sing those fun Christmas songs. Last year we went to, have you been to Seabrook before? I can't afford to actually stay at Seabrook, but every once in a while you just go there to be envious and jealous of all those people that actually stay there. But we we went there to their tree lighting. Here's not even a joke. A couple of years ago we went to a crab pot tree lighting. We're talking 159 crab pots all put together. Talk about the creativity of humans. Creativity like the Tower of Babel. It, no, just kidding. But it was 159 crab pots at the port of Ilwaco. So much going on. And yet this year, they just aren't happening like they have in other years. People are trying, right? There's the modified version. There's the virtual version. But I, I just haven't been able to go as much as I normally would do. One of my favorite things, actually, at Christmas time, and it's a little bit more simple than some of those things, but at the south tip of Lake Washington, there's a park. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There's a park, and in that park, there is an Ivers Clam Chowder. And I love that park because they, they put up the lights, but my, one of my favorite things to do is go on a cold day, you know, like the windy cold rainy day go to that park see the lights but then actually be able to go inside of the restaurant and eat a cup of chowder one of my favorite things to do again it's just part of who i am i'm wired that way and yet this year so many things different so many things changed and so many things just aren't there does anybody in the house know what i'm talking about today you can relate right and there's a struggle to it. And, and I know that there are people who actually a normal year, you, you love being in the house, you love not going anywhere, and so not much has changed, and, and you're doing just fine, right? You're, you're doing great. Praise the Lord for you. You know, praise God. I, I'm, I think that's wonderful, but I think we just got to be honest here. For the rest of us, <laughs> you know, it, it feels like almost everything has changed. And with that, there's some emotions, right? There's some feelings. 
trying to process it all. There's a lot going on when things change. But here's the deal. Though there is a struggle and challenge to it all, in my life, and again, I'm just speaking for myself here, but in my life, I've noticed that this 2020 holiday season, with all the uncertainty, with all the change, it has been this sacred, powerful, holy opportunity for me, Daniel Allen Birch, to come back to the basics of what Christmas is all about. And church, it's Jesus, period. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Where normally maybe those various events or outings would be the, the reason for my hope or my joy or my peace. This year, we, we've had this sacred opportunity to come back to Jesus, who is hope. Come on. Who is joy. Who is Peace. And it's beyond hokey, but it rhymes, and so I kind of like it. And it's also true. If you know it, say it with me. Jesus is the reason for the season. Come on, say it one more time. Jesus is the reason for the season. He actually is. Uh, another one that's kind of corny, but, uh, you know, it's, it's true. Let's bring Christ back into Christmas. It's true. I mean, I'm, again, kind of corny, but I'm just realizing 2020, Dan, it's like, Dan, bring Christ back into your Christmas. And it's beautiful. It's powerful. That's what I love about that drive-through Christmas experience. This simple display of coming back to the true meaning of Christmas. Coming back to the basics. Coming back to powerful truths like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Jesus, you will not perish, but you will have eternal life. 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 Such a great time to consider on a personal level whether you really have that life. I want you to think about that, whether you're sitting in here in person or watching online. Do you have that life, that eternal life in Jesus? Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have that life. I've so appreciated, again, the people that have reached out to me on Facebook. You don't attend church. You don't profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And yet, what I love about you being here, and you might even be watching right now, is so many people have reached out to me as a pastor, knowing I'm a pastor. And you felt safe enough to ask me some of those big questions, some of those serious questions about life. Again, you might be watching right now, but you're questioning what it's all about. You're, you're processing those big topics, topics like purpose, topics like meaning. And, and I've been privileged to be able to talk with you and walk with you through and, and just talk to you about the life that Jesus brings. The Father sends the Son, sends Jesus to give you life. Praise the Lord. If that's you, keep on asking those questions. Keep on thinking about the bigger things. And I want you to think, do you truly have that life that only Jesus can bring? You know, when he was born in that manger, Luke 2.10 actually says this, that Jesus was good news of great joy for all the people. I love that line. It's got to be one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. The the angel declares that it was good news of great joy for all the people. Because, I mean, think about it. For, For myself and really for all of humanity, our rebellion, our wickedness, our that stubbornness, that selfishness, it had all led to death. It had all led us to destruction, and yet God was sending His Son right into the mess of it all, right in the mess of your life. He was bringing His Son to bring you true eternal life. Listen to the way Jesus says this a little bit later in John chapter 10. It's so good. This is Jesus' words. He says, I have come 
that they may have life. He came so that you might have life. And he says, not just any kind of life, but have it to the full. Have it more abundantly. Later on in the same gospel, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, we've talked about Jesus being peace and joy and hope. But today I want to talk to you that Jesus is life. In fact, if you're taking notes or if you have your phone out, you might just want to write that down. You need to be reminded that today you have life if you have Jesus. Jesus came to bring you life. And it's only, it's the life and only kind of life that could happen through the Son of God. See, again, he came as a baby boy born in a manger. We've been singing these songs about that. But he was the fulfillment of prophecies, right? Prophecy after prophecy who told of this coming Messiah. He would come, he'd deliver God's people, he would establish God's kingdom. And he was born, but but then he grew up, right? Did you know that Jesus didn't stay as a baby forever and ever? Like when you're saying, come let us adore him, like, yes, it's great to have that picture of the baby in the manger, but... You're not adoring a little baby today. You're adoring the risen Lord. Oh, come, church, let us adore Him. Because He grew up. He he lived this perfect life. And and we've talked about this as we've walked through the book of Luke. And I've gotten so excited with the book of Luke. Because in this perfect life, you remember what He did? He began to gather people. He began to gather people that maybe were on the outside of the gates. And He said, no, you're going to be on the inside of the gate." So the outsiders, the outcasts, the abandoned, the rejected, the forgotten, he gathered in the sick. He gathered in the blind. He gathered in those who were far, far away. He he gathered them in. He gathered in the lost. He gathered even, I just love Jesus, he even gathered in the little children. Isn't God good? Isn't Jesus good? He gathered in this group who had been rejected. He gathered in this group who had been mocked, who had been looked down upon by their society. And he says, no, my kingdom is for you. He lives a perfect life. And, and then he dies for our sins on the cross. He shouts out to tell us, God, it is finished, paid in full. There was a price to be paid. A price to be paid for your sins. There's this deed over your life of all the things you had done wrong. A track record of all the ways you'd fallen short. And yet Jesus pays for it all. Every single one of your sins. He pays the debt. The Bible is incredible. It says that Jesus, His willingness to pay that debt, it was voluntarily. It was willingly. John uh, 10, 18 records Jesus saying that I sacrificed my life voluntarily. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves his father. Willingly, voluntarily, out of his passion for his father and for his father's glory, Jesus lays down his life. There's this crazy, intense, powerful scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus, he he falls on his face. Remember this? He says, my father, if it's possible... Just you can hear the, the emotion, Father. If it's possible, possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. This passion for Him to, to lay down His life, all in accordance with His Father's plan of salvation, His plan of redemption for all the people He had made. He lays down His life as an offering that the world would not perish but instead receive forgiveness, salvation, eternal life in Jesus. Can we get an amen in the house today? Praise the Lord. So he's born of a virgin. He lives 
a perfect life. He dies on the cross. But of course, if you're going to bring Christ back into Christmas, you can't just talk about His birth. You can't just talk about His life. You can't just talk about His death because the greatness of Jesus is not only found in His death, but also in His resurrection. See, His death and resurrection, they go hand in hand. The Apostle Paul says it this way when describing baptism. He says in Romans 6, We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ, man, there's some good news today, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. Praise the Lord. See, life is found in His resurrection. Because of Jesus' resurrection, you and I, we too have the hope of resurrection. My, my wife's father passed away in the last few weeks. And even now, he is in paradise with Jesus. But he too has the hope of bodily resurrection into true eternal life. Again, church, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. But then the amazing thing about Jesus is we don't even have to wait until we die to experience true eternal life with Him. Eternal life with Jesus. That's why I love buildings like this and spaces like this and people like you. Because eternal life with Jesus, it begins the moment you believe in Him and receive Him into your life. Why? Because Jesus is eternal life. You wrote down Jesus is life. You might want to write down Jesus is eternal life. Right now, if you have Jesus, guess what you got? You have eternal life. The Bible says when you receive Jesus into your life, you're spiritually born again. What are you talking about, Pastor Dan, born again? Well, that's exactly what happens. Before Jesus in your life, you were spiritually dead. You were spiritually dead in death and destruction, spiritually dead. But when you receive Jesus into your life... You are born again. You come alive in Him. It's as if you take the very first breath of your life. <gasps> I'm alive in Jesus. He, told, he tells Nicodemus, remember this? And I always think about The Chosen. Anybody watched The Chosen yet? That's such a good series. But I think about Nicodemus and Jesus. And Jesus says to Nicodemus in John 3, you must be born again. Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He says, anyone... Anyone who belongs to Christ, anyone who belongs to Christ, guess what? You have become a new person. Everybody shout out, new person. That's who you are today in Christ Jesus, a new person. And then it gets better because sometimes you're convinced that you're still the same person you've always been. But he says, no, no, no. I have a word for you today. The old is gone and the new life has begun. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have Jesus... You have new eternal life. So again, I want you to think about your life. Do you have life in Jesus? Right now in this 2020 holiday season, do you have the life that only Jesus can bring? By the way, I'm not asking if you have religion. I'm not asking if you even call yourself a Christian. You can say a lot of things. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is, do you have a personal relationship with God? Do you have a personal, intimate walk with your maker, Father God? Again, the one that is only found through that relationship, that eternal life that is found through His Son, Jesus Christ. I mean, think about what you're going through. Think about what you're walking through. All the struggles, all the challenges, those missed traditions. 
We, we, some of us, we, we thrive off of that. We thrive off of traditions. And they're gone. it's hard. I just talked to someone that said they had to drop off the presents at their, their in-law's house for the Bursch Christmas party where uh, I'm responsible for putting together the Zoom so Papa Bursch can still share the Christmas story with all the grandkids. It's over Zoom. It, it, those lost traditions, the, the loss of relationships, the loss of employment. Some of you have lost your business. The, the security, all being taken away. I think in the midst of it all, in many ways, I, I believe this as I was praying through this this week, in many ways, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, He wants to remind us right now, right now, that because of Jesus and only in Jesus, even with everything going on, this is more than a pipe dream, church, that you and I, in Jesus, right now, can have hope can have joy, can have peace, and can have life this Christmas season. Doesn't mean it's easy, by the way. Doesn't mean you would wish it upon your worst enemy. But again, in the middle of the difficulties, not in spite of them, but right in the middle of the challenge, I believe the Holy Spirit is reminding us that because of God, you can walk in victory. Because of God, you can walk with true hope, joy, peace, and life. We, we've said this verse a few times, and I've heard this on Facebook. I've heard it uh, from different people quoting it. If you've heard this lately, after I read it, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand because it's crazy how much this has come up uh, during this holiday season. It comes from Romans 15:13. Remember, it, it talks about how the God of hope is filling us with all joy and all peace as you and I, as we what? As we... Trust in Him. Why? That we might overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Has anyone seen or heard that this holiday season? Raise your hand up high and just look around. Isn't that incredible? God is speaking a word to His church in this season. That the God of hope is filling us with joy and peace as we trust in Him. Overflowing with hope. That means no matter what's going on, no matter what comes. By the way, no matter how 2021 goes. Some of you are way too into betting on 2021 uh, to be your hope and your peace and your joy. If that's where you're putting your chips, uh, I don't know, January 1st might look a lot like December 31st, so be careful where you're betting. But remember, however it goes, however it goes, and I'm speaking to myself, by the way, on all this, you guys know that, I'm preaching to myself first, but however it goes, this is so important, we do not live afraid. We do not live in fear. We do not live paralyzed by worry. We do not live overcome by anxiety. Because the God of hope is overflowing us with hope. The God of hope, even now as I'm wasting all this oxygen in this moment, He is ready. He is willing. He is able to fill you up with all joy and all peace as you trust in Him. As you trust in Him. Are you willing to trust in Him? You might want to write that one down just to ask yourself. Not give your pastor the, you know, the right answer. We're talking about are you willing? This is between you and the Lord. Are you willing to trust Him? Are you willing right now to throw your life back at the feet of Jesus? Are you willing to just come and say, God, I'm all in. I still got some questions, but I'm all in. 
I, I still maybe have some concerns, but I'm all in. I'm throwing my life, everything I've got for your kingdom and for your glory. Are you willing to trust the Lord? And I'm telling you, I've seen this happen a thousand times. That's an exaggeration. I've seen this happen a few hundred times when a person like you puts their radical trust in God. I've seen this. That person begins to overflow with hope and abundant life. They literally begin to overflow. We had a guy driving through here yesterday, a guy that, uh, what, four or five weeks ago gave his life to Jesus. And it was so cool seeing him and his little kids in that car. And they're all waving to me. And he's like, hey, Dan. I'm like, hey, buddy, how's it going? That you can actually have a radical transformation when you put your trust in Jesus. And here's the deal. All that striving, if you don't have Jesus, by the way, you don't have life. And all that striving, all that effort, all those Christmas lights and the Christmas songs, the parties, the movies, all those things that you thought were going to give you the life that you wanted, in the end, none of it is going to bring you the life that you need. None of it. But again, I'm not against those things. I'm as hokey and corny as they get. I got the Christmas sweater. But I just tell you today, please, if you're watching today, living life without Jesus, you don't got life. You don't have real life. Those things will always leave a void, always leave a hole. You'll always leave that party. Have you ever left that party just with a taste of emptiness? inside you knew that you thought the party would satisfy and fulfill but nothing can get that plate nothing can get to the depth of who you are but jesus jesus and jesus offers you life today he came so that you might have life he came so that you might have life And I get it, it can even be distracting when you see a preacher and he's getting excited. If you can just get past the distraction of me and hear the Father's heart for you today. He loves you and He wants you to experience life in His Son. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, He's speaking today. He's speaking today. And He's speaking to you. Respond to His offer of life. Respond to his offer of forgiveness, salvation, and life today. Hallelujah. 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 You know, in this sanctuary and some of you online, one thing I realize as a pastor is we're all in different places on the journey. You know what I'm talking about? In the process. That's why you've got to just stop judging people. Church. Some of the things that you do when, when we're judging others, like, be gracious. And you were probably there at one point, too, in your own life. And someone was gracious towards you. But we're all on, in process. We're all in a journey. And I'm, I'm telling you, sometimes in the journey, you just wonder if I made a big mistake. Especially early on when you first become a Christian. You remember that? Because it kind of got harder, didn't it, at first? You thought it was going to be really easy. But then you're like, man, like this. Jesus thing is kind of hard. Like, I lost some friends. I, I'm, I'm giving 10% of my income. Like, that. I, mean, I could have bought a nice car with that. And, like, it gets kind of hard. And, and so you're struggling just a little bit with it all. And then you, you do. You have that thing pop in your head. You're like, is this real? Or did I just make the biggest mistake of my life? Is this real? And I just want to encourage you that it's real. <laughs> That life that is found in Jesus is real. 
I think people around you will try to convince you it's not real. People around you are always telling you you're not good enough, telling you you got to do this, this, and this to really be a Christian. But Jesus loves you so much. God's grace is so big for you. You come to Jesus, he just <sighs> says, you got life in my son. And I want to encourage you today. If you've ever said yes to Jesus, and if you're trying to follow Jesus, you're trying your best to trust in him. I want you just to be overwhelmed by the Father's heart for you right now. I'm going to read this passage. It's kind of a long passage, but I just pray this would overwhelm you with the love and the grace of God for you. He says, if God is for us, who could ever be against us? You know God is for you. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Come on, praise the Lord. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, come on. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. This is beautiful. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Ooh, that will that'll preach today, right? Come on, let's hear what I just said. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we are persecuted? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we're hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. Does it mean, church... That he no longer loves us if we're walking through any of those things. Verse 37 says it pretty clearly. Say it with me. No. 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 If you believe that lie, the Lord says, no, don't believe it. Get your eyes on me. Fix your eyes on Jesus. No, despite all those things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then he just goes. (laughs) I love Paul. He just says, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Say it with me, church. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, as you navigate these coming weeks, as you head into 2021, because yes, it is coming. And by the way, I hope it's better too. Like, I'm not a doomsday guy. I'm, I'm all about 2021 being a good year. But I can't help it. I, I just worry sometimes about y'all. <laughs> I, I don't want your hopes to be in a number of a year. I want your hopes to be in what we just read. But nothing, nothing, nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. The life of God found in Jesus. Through his life, through his death, through his 
resurrection. He's made a way. He's made a way for you. You don't think there's a way. You're like, man, Dan, you don't know what I've done. God knows what you've done. He still made a way for you. Yeah, but Dan, I did this sin or I did it. No, he said, I know exactly what you did, and yet I made a way for you. He made a way for you. Made a way for you not just to kind of survive, not for you to just kind of crawl through life. No, he made a way for you to experience true, abundant, overflowing, eternal, full life with God. And nothing can ever separate you from the love and life that is found in God, not even, by the way, death itself. And so we got five days. Five days. It's going to come fast. Men, Christmas Eve, the day that we all go shopping, it's coming up fast. And I would just love it if all of us left this room, whether we're online or in person, that we could leave this gathering just overflowing. Overflowing. I get it. It's hard. Yeah, we're tired. We're sore. But if we could just be kind of overflowing with hope and joy and peace and life, if we could just kind of show the world a different way to be human, I would say even a new way to be human where it would be Jesus Period. The reason for the season. Bringing Christ back into Christmas. But also, I want to leave you with this. That we would overflow with confidence. Confidence. In a season where so many people being shaken, tossed to and fro, may you be confidently unshaken. Wholeheartedly trusting in the life that you have in Jesus. And so, as we close, sometimes you just need that encounter with the power of God to remind you of some of these things. And I I think that's what he wants to do for you today. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray. Like I said, the Holy Spirit is here. God is here. And if you need Jesus today, whether for the first time or the 10,000th time, I just say receive him today. Receive all of him today. If you know you need Jesus, even as I'm blabbing away, would you just begin to prepare your heart? Would you open up your heart, open up your mind, open up your body to what God might want to do in you and through you today? In fact, even right now, would you place yourself in a posture of receiving? You know what I'm talking about. There's a posture that is not of receiving, but there's a posture of your heart that says, no, I am receiving from you today. If you're distracted right now, set down those distractions. If you're on your phone, maybe this is a good time to just kind of put it into sleep mode because right now this is a time just to receive from a Father who loves you, who adores you, who sent His Son for you, who wants you to have true life in Him. So we're praying in the name of Jesus. We're asking God by the power of the Holy Spirit to come and to help you. You know you need help. You know it. I need help. You need help. But guess what? He wants to help. And so let's receive Him. Whatever you're walking through, receive Him today. As I'm praying, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and this is for anybody, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you, you've never been born again, you don't, you don't know what it means to have that hope and joy and peace in life, just do this. I would simply say this. Don't wait. But what you got to do is just turn. Turn. Just, just the, the old stuff, turn from it and turn to Jesus. Believe in Him. Receive Him. Receive that price that He paid for you. Receive Him into your life. Turn from your old ways and turn to Him. And He's going to make you new. You're going to be born again. It's going to be a moment, an instantaneous moment, where the Lord's saying, I am making you new today. The old is gone and the new has come. So even as I'm praying, just begin to receive Him into your life. Allow Him to forgive you of your sins. Allow Him to make you brand new. For the rest of you, I'm just praying that you would begin over these next five days to overflow with Jesus. That the world around you, this world that is hurting, that is broken, 
that is feeling so lost and desperate that the world around you would see Jesus Christ in you and through you. So let's bow our heads with expectation. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we invite you to move in this place. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move in this place. Some of us right now have laid our souls bare before you, God. In my mind's eye, I just see some of us on our knees with our hands stretched out saying, I'm all in. Everything I have for you, Father. Everything I have for your kingdom and for your glory. Some of us, for the first time ever in our lives, we're saying, I'm done running the race on my own, and I'm turning to you. Lord, would you hear that cry right now and respond to that word of faith. Respond to that cry for salvation, that cry for forgiveness, that cry for new life. Make them brand new today, Lord. Some of you, you you, you know that you're a Christian. You know that one day you're going to be in heaven, but your journey getting there is just feeling really stale. And you know exactly what I mean when I say that. That the life of the Christian life has just gone away. And a pastor can't bring that life back. A Christmas song can't bring that life back. But Jesus can. And so Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, in the sensitivity to what your Spirit is doing right now, would you begin to breathe your life over your people once again? Even just see it. Some of your anger is coming from deep wounds. Some of the way you're lashing out, it's coming from a very insecure place of wounding. And the Lord, He's just speaking into that place, showing you once again that He loves you, that He understands, that His heart grieves over what you faced and what you walked through. He's for you today. He's for you today. And even what the enemy meant for evil, the Lord says, I'm going to redeem that. I'm going to turn it for your good and for my glory. The Lord speaks into that area and says, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. We shall not let the enemy find victory in that place. Your victory will be found in my son, Jesus Christ. Lord, bring healing into that place so that what would overflow and come out of our mouths would always be life-giving, would always be encouraging, would always build up the body and not tear down the body, would always encourage our brothers and our sisters, would always encourage those around us to come to you, Jesus. May our words never again distract people from your kingdom, but instead attract people to your kingdom. Lord, that a healing would take place right now in your body, in your church, such a divine healing that life would begin to overflow. True abundant life would begin to overflow. That these five days would be the best five days we've ever had in the name of Jesus as your life overflows through us and also out of us into the world around us. Holy Spirit, you are doing a work right now. You're doing such a work right now. We feel it, Lord, in our hearts. This is freedom. Ah, This is freedom. This is what freedom looks like. This is what freedom feels like. In Jesus' 
and your son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, please reach out. Let me know. I love talking to you about all those types of things. No question is too big. Let's have a conversation. We also have a starter kit if you're in the house uh, for anyone uh, that would uh, want to learn a little bit more about Jesus. There's a Bible in there. Also, as we close the day, I just want to say it this way. I've been preaching for eight years now. Can't believe that. That blows my mind. But one of the things I've noticed about preaching is I use a ton of scriptures. Did anybody else notice that? When I'm preaching, we just hear so much of the Bible. Mainly just because I know I'm not that smart, and so we want to hear what God has to say. And, and that really comes, by the way, from growing up around preachers who really like to talk, and I think really like to hear their own voices. That sounds so harsh, but I just, I don't know, go on YouTube. I think a lot of guys like to talk. But I, I, I don't know about you, I'm just not that impressed with man. I'm not. And I'd much rather hear what God has to say than just the opinions of men. So we use a lot of scripture, and then we show a lot of grace for me and my opinions. <laughs> but you know, the second reason we use a lot of scripture, and this is a little bit heavier for me, is man, there's a lot of people who identify as Christ followers, who declare themselves to be Christians, who have not committed to reading God's word who don't know what's in the book. In fact, almost any time when someone confronts me with a scripture, I can tell they've focused on one particular scripture without putting it into the context, the full counsel of God's holy word. And so in many ways, our country and even our churches are scripturally illiterate. And so at LifeSpring, we use a lot of scripture. By the way, scripture's not the answer. Uh, that's going to sound really shocking, but let me explain it. There's atheists, there's professors, there's authors who know a lot of Scripture, know a lot more Scripture than you. Even, by the way, Satan and all his minions know Scripture, and yet many of those people are far from the heart of God. They hate Christ, and so it's not about knowing Scripture, but it's all about falling in love with the Word of God and allowing Scripture to point you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, point you to Christ point you to Jesus. I love the Bible Project and what they say. They say from page one to its final word, they believe that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? And that's what I believe about the Word. That's why we're committed to the Bible is because it points to Jesus. And so in 2021, we're continuing our daily reading plan. You can sign up already on our website and do that with us. But there's another element for those that are interested. I promise not to talk too long, but this is a passion of mine for 2021. We're not making everybody do this either, by the way. But some of us are committing to intentionally journaling, like old school journaling with a pen and paper. And we want to document, come on, this gives me goosebumps, document what God is doing. We want 2021 to have a season where we are committed to journaling on real paper with a real journal, with a real pen or pencil, so we can look back and say, look what my God has done. And so we got these journals available. They're a gift for you. They're going to be out back. Take one as you leave. By the way, there's instructions on here on how to journal. It's called soap journaling. If you miss a day of the Bible reading plan, just stop, stop, stop the whole condemnation shame thing. Get over it. It's not a test. There's no attendance. Just pick up the Bible and read again. God is not up in heaven making sure you're reading every day. 
the reason you read every day is because you love Jesus. But if you, if you miss a day, guess what? You still love Jesus, and Jesus still loves you. We just got to get over that. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Do not let your time with God be a place of shame and condemnation. There is joy. I'm telling you, if you haven't read your Bible in years, I'm telling you, today, pick it up and just find joy in the Lord. He's not like, well, you got a couple of years to make up for. Get out of here. God is so for you. So pick up a journal. Pick up the Bible. Document what God is doing. And we're going to celebrate in 2022 all that God has done in this upcoming year. Would you stand with us, church? Let's sing to the Lord. And then we'll come up and close.